Hello, everyone. My name is LaShawn Benedict, and I'm here with my co-host, Gordon Thane, on the Public Health Insight podcast. In this episode, we'll delve deep into critical topics that shape the field of public health. We're going to be talking about courses that you can take to learn more and develop professionally. And the three courses we're going to be talking about today, one from Harvard University, which talks about the health effects of climate change. We'll also talk about Boston University's Project Management Tools course that could help elevate your public health toolkit. And then finally, we'll take a closer look at how change management can be beneficial for public health. So let's go. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health. From the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily represent any of the agencies or organizations we work for or are affiliated with. All right, Gordon, let's get into this. So this all started off from a couple of LinkedIn posts that we've posted in the past. By the way, if you're not following Gordon Thane and myself, LaShawn Benedict on LinkedIn, feel free to connect with us and send us messages and we'd love to connect. But yeah, our links are in the podcast description. Yep, just click on our names. Easy as that. Mm-hmm. Easy connection. But as I was saying, we we post weekly, usually, if Gordon's not busy taking care of his dogs. <laughs> but we post regularly, and oftentimes I love posting about different resources and courses that people can take. And I've been on a tear recently posting different courses, and mm. it's been well-received by hundreds and thousands of people on LinkedIn, which has been great. So in this episode, we wanted to compile some of those courses and just talk about it. Talk about the things you'll learn when taking the courses, some practical examples, and some some reasons why you should learn these things as a public health professional. What do you think about that, Gordon? You down? I'm down, but I, before we get into it, I think it would be important for you to even mention some of the reception you've been getting to posting these, because I don't think you expected for people to follow through, actually do the course, then circle back, expressing their gratitude to you saying, just thank you for sharing this. I was in a tough spot, wasn't really sure what to do to develop professionally or learn more, but you kind of inspired people by putting this content out there. Something that's easily findable by people themselves, but just by you as a reputable person in the field recommending these courses, it does carry a lot of weight. Damn, are you calling me reputable? I like that. Mm, Reputable. (laughs) That's interesting because, yeah, so we're putting these courses out there for free on LinkedIn, and these courses are free to access, which is one of the things I make sure. And you put them out there, people are liking, sharing, and all those things. But Gordon's right. You, You hear about the impact these courses had on people. So you get DMs, messages, posts on LinkedIn thanking me and Public Health Insight for the courses we're curating and putting out there. So, yeah, it's been wonderful to see. And with the international audience that we have, I get messages at like 3 a.m. I don't know why I'm still awake. 
but I get notifications at 3 a.m. and someone's just messaging me saying, hey, I took this course, super valuable. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to stay followed to you, Gordon, and Public Health Insights. So we're going to keep doing our thing here. And yeah, hope you mm. join us for the ride. All right. So what are those courses that we've been hyping up so much? All right. So the first one is from Harvard University, and it's called The Health Effects of Climate Change. And so you're probably asking, I'm a public health professional. What does health have to do with climate change? Well, that's what exactly what you're going to learn about. You're going to be learning about things like climate change's impact on nutrition, migration, infectious diseases, the different research methodologies that's applicable in public health as it relates to climate change and their health effects, strategies to actually improve and mitigate and adapt to some of these health impacts as a result of climate change. And throughout this, what's centered is the fact that you're really learning to assess these different situations and addressing them, okay, in a very practical sense. And by taking this course, it's only going to take seven weeks at around three to five hours each week. So at, a, at the high end, we're looking at seven times five, which is 35 hours to finish this course potentially. Which and is it's not a free course? Bad. And it's a free course. Man, that's so a pretty a good value. Exactly. And a lot of these things, if we're looking at platforms like Coursera or edX, they actually have an audit stream, which allows you to view all the content of this course for free, right? So you'll have access to all that information from Harvard and Boston University and all these courses we're talking about for free. A few interesting things from this course, which like LaShawn mentioned, you are able to audit the course to see if it's something for you before enrolling, even though it's they're both free. Speaking of climate change, there are a lot of practical examples that we can apply those to now, especially with all the news that we've been seeing across multiple different locations regarding wildfires. And of course, there is immediate destruction to the environment when you have wildfires like burning of the trees, releasing of CO2. And then that has real impacts on the health of humans as well with respiratory illnesses and other types of ailments like displacing people from their environments and that the mental health toll that comes with that. So that's a very important application of delving more into climate change and the effects on the environment and the effects on humans. And that's something that if you're interested in that realm, that you can learn and apply to your practice. Yeah. And even the idea with global warming as a result of climate change, we're talking about increased prevalence of many different insects, bugs, and different infectious agents. So that has a lot to do with the different things you're going to be facing as a public health professional. If there is increases in temperatures in a certain area of the world, you're going to see an uptick on infectious diseases potentially. But how do you mitigate that extra burden on the health systems? So those are things you want to be able to understand, navigate. And when we're talking about a systems thinking approach, you're trying to piece in these things together, right? The effect of climate change, is having an effect on the temperature of the area. That affects the reproduction rates of different insects and pathogens. That affects how many people become exposed in a certain area. That affects how many people access and are looking for and are struck by different health ailments. 
And that affects the health system because you're placing an increased burden on these different things. So from a systems thinking lens, you have to kind of piece together these different interactions. And that's what this course will help you do. Understand that linkage. Don't you find climate change like exhausting? Yeah, it reminds me of that term. What do they call it, Gordon? Um, solastalgia? Solastalgia. What's that again? What's that? I think it's, so it's like nostalgia, but when you look at the change in your environment around you, it makes anxiety, you like sad and depressed. The anxiety it causes, yeah. right? Yeah. Anxiety, right? The mental distress. Yeah, that's a It's just word. Because the reason I say it is because you talked about, for about a minute straight, about the pathways of how you can have human effects. And that was just one pathway. Mm-hmm. We're not, we didn't even talk about food supply, food supply agriculture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just, you kind of get sad thinking, can we really do much about this? Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that people are out there making these courses, taking these courses. And there's people that are very invested in this who I would trust and believe that they can help us make a dent in our wrong trajectory that we're going in. So kudos, shout out to all the climate change practitioners out there and the scientists. All right. So the next course we have on our list is Boston University School of Public Health Project Management Tools. And dare I say more about public health and project management on this podcast, because it's definitely an area Gordon and I love. We're both PMP certified, so project management professional certified from the Project Management Institute. And we strongly believe that project management embedded into public health leads to many, many, many great things, okay? And so in this course, you'll get a little snapshot. Around 30 minutes it'll take for you to complete it. But you'll learn very basic things in public health that could help go a long way to develop your interest and develop some of your practice. So in this course, you're going to be learning about things like explaining steps in project management, how to create a high-quality project charter, and how to effectively use a Gantt chart. All this in 30 minutes. Do you have time? 30 minutes is all it takes. And then 30 minutes will turn into another 30 minutes, and you find yourself so ingrained and interested in it that you do a longer course, 35 hours or longer. Next thing you know, you're certified CAPM certified associate in project management then you go to the pmp project management professional and that's exactly what Lashawn did so Lashawn can attest to it grips you and it kind of keeps your interest and now you're a project management professional but think about it learning these tools and Mm. developing expertise in these tools you're taking 30 minutes to do that but how much save time will you get from that 30 minutes that you invest in yourself Mm. invest Mm. in yourself and your the work that you do Mm. and your employer the workplace. No, it's it's really good because there's we don't even have time to go through all the practical examples mm-hmm. where this is relevant. Yeah. Everything is a project, literally everything. And then when you're under a lot of contextual constrictions and restraints like budgets, resources, and the time, time you always have time a deadline for which mm-hmm. to complete something. And that's the definition of a project, something that needs to be completed in a certain period of time. And then having, you've gotten to the stage following project management principles, or maybe not so much, but why not 
you've, I'm sure you've asked yourselves at times, could I not have done a better job at managing whatever this was? And that's exactly what this course gets you started on to have those internal conversations about Gantt chart. Why do I need to make a Gantt chart? How is that useful? How can I apply that? A project charter, don't we just talk in the hallway about what we need to do and then just go and do it? Why do we need a project charter? So mm -hmm. this will help you understand those concepts. And that's probably a fraction of the project management world. And then you will delve into it further, depending on if you're interested in this or not. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just thinking back at different examples in public health that you can utilize project management in, we had this thing called COVID-19, which is not over yet. We still have a mm. lot of spread in our communities, but the logistics of rolling out a mass vaccination campaign to reach specific populations that are hard to reach or hard to find, yeah. right? How will effective project management help with that, right? Well, we're talking about the efficient distribution of vaccines and how to do that in a timely fashion to protect public health mandates. Even with the COVID example, LaShawn, mm -hmm. there was a lot of new drugs that were developed and then even procuring those, getting those to the different hospitals is a project. And then you talked about the capacity of hospitals being overrun. So it's a project to build different temporary hospitals, put more beds in the hospitals as well, securing more human resources as well. Figuring all that out is all a part of a bigger project. So there's projects within a project too. Projects within the projects. And you know what? Just the whole project management framework, thinking about the risks associated with your project, thinking about the different stakeholders, thinking about how to procure things at the right time, at the right place, within cost, within a certain scope of your PPE. project. PPE, exactly. Those mm. are things that people generally don't think about. We're, in public health, we're often thinking about the populations at risk, the mm. marginalized populations, right. which is completely right. important, 100%. However, let's be able to do something practical about it and think about some constraints that might arise as a result of some of your things and activities and interventions that you're trying to lay forth. So another example that you probably are wondering is project management relevant to is, you know, a lot of people work on research projects. For mm -hmm. example, a research project aimed at assessing the effectiveness of a given public health intervention. How would project management help you with some of that? Well, mm. When we're talking about a research project, let's think about the different steps in that research project. Let's talk about the sequences. Let's talk about the dependencies of what needs to be done before you can actually conduct that research. Well, you have to put out a prod like a you have to put out a research plan. You have to make sure that research plan is approved by the ethics board. You have to get the different clearances, especially if you're working with human subjects or animal subjects. You have to make sure you have this clear plan. You have to make sure that it's within budget. Right. You need to make sure that you plan for any sorts of delays that might come and affect your research projects timelines. And of course, who's going to actually be doing the research? Do you have the proper staff in place to help you carry out that project? Are you working with collaborators? Do you have the specific procurement items you need, like pipettes if you're doing lab work or specific data sets? Right. So these are things to think about, right? And then do you have enough time planned out and set out to write your findings and publish your findings? Do you have enough resources to pay for the journal where you're publishing in? 
right? These are things you have to think mm-hmm. about as you're thinking about your whole project plan. You know what this sounds like? What's it sounds that? like a master's. It sounds like a PhD. It sounds mm-hmm. like a DRPH. And mm-hmm. it sounds like stuff you do in your regular job outside of academia too. Mm-hmm. So what this shows is that project management is ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. It came back. Right. What is ubiquitous again? Wasn't that a protein ubiquitous in the body? Means it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, ubiquitin? Ubi- ubiquitin? Ubiquitin. What yeah. is it tagged on certain things in it the body? It was in the, like the, the membrane, cell membrane, and it does goes everywhere kind of thing. So it was like I ubiquitin, think, ubiquitous. Yeah. I think it's um, I think it's something that gets tagged in the cells and then it's sent for destruction mm. or something, something like that. Anyways, we're not in biology mm. anymore. We're in public health. Lysosome thing. Yeah, something like that. Degradation, mm. degradation vibes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I digress. All right. Let's reel it back in. And we're going to talk about the third course here. It's called Change Management for Public Health. So first of all, what is change management? And second of all, why do we need this in public health? Gordon, what's that about? Quick question. Where, where, who offers this course or where is it? Just, just kind of there. It's <laughs> <laughs> just ubiquitous. <laughs> It's ubiquitous. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, ch- change yeah. management is another important thing because if you think of just anything that you do, where you work, where you live, where you play, change happens. So there's changes that we like, or we and we're in favor of, and there's changes that we're more resistant to because we're not able to see the immediate or long term benefits. So change management goes hand in hand with implementation. So implementation internally, whether it's a workplace or implementation externally. So this allows you to consider the different factors that are that need to be addressed whenever you're moving something from a current state to a future state that involves some kind of change and getting the necessary buy-in from all the stakeholders involved to give this whatever you're doing the greatest chance of success of being implemented if i could describe it in a nutshell that's what i would say yeah absolutely and you're not wrong and it very much aligns with a lot of the things that you'll learn about in this course right we're talking about defining these different changes that may occur describing your vision for that change right so when you're in like the leadership level or management level you're often trying to change different things in your area but the key part is How do we overcome resistance to change? Oftentimes, people are very comfortable with the way things are going, right? Whether it's using a particular Mm. project management software, a public health database entry software, these things are things people are familiar with. But as a leader at an organization that is trying to enact some change, how do we get those people on our side? And how do we kind of lessen that resistance to change and bring them to our side to be advocates for that change, right? So that's what they're talking about in this course, being able to identify relevant stakeholders in this change process, being able to train people, being able to have that implementation strategy that Gordon was talking about. And key to all this, Gordon, is that you, you define the change, you put out your vision, you talk to people in the organization and bring them on your side, you talk about these resistance factors, But then how do you sustain those changes? How do you sustain those gains? 
That's key, right? Mm. I think this is a great one because it's inevitable. Again, one of the big ones that comes to mind, LaShawn, is EMR, electronic medical records, Mm -hmm. and like paper-based records and faxing. Mm -hmm. In Canada, we still do a lot of faxing. It's ingrained. It's status quo. And then now you're going to go into an organization, a health-based organization, and say, here's this new software with a bunch of fancy buttons, and effective immediately, you need to stop using paper. Probably is not going to go over very well, even though most people would appreciate that going electronic is, is more secure and probably more efficient down the line. Even though they might believe that the change is beneficial, you still have to apply change management principles. Mm-hmm. because people will grow frustrated with my expectation is that within two weeks we were ready to go and now we're three months in still correcting bugs so there's some degree of setting expectations giving people an idea of how long something will take that is involved in change management too yeah absolutely or even just like i'm a leader in a public health organization and i want to overhaul the department's organizational structure to make sure things run more efficiently. Mm. How do we do that? How do you navigate the complex transformation? Or, you know, there's changing needs in your community. How do you restructure the public health programs that you're overseeing to make sure they're more responsive to those changing needs? Those things require change, effective change management. So as you could see, it's going to be very important as you progress in your public health career to be able to lead enact and sustain some of these changes. So learning about this at any stage of your public health career can be extremely beneficial. I will end with by saying this, as a leader or practitioner, you never want to be in a position where you said, because I said so, when you're implementing a change. That is the opposite of change management. Mm -hmm. All right. That brings us to the end. It reminds me of what we're talking about professional development. I always think back to one of my favorite basketball players who used to play on the Toronto Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, Steady Freddy, always Mm. telling people to bet on themselves. So you got to bet on yourself when it comes to professional development, learn different things you're not comfortable with, and find ways to integrate them in your everyday life. So we hope you found this episode helpful, unique, and you get a chance to explore some of these free courses, which will be included in the description. So with that... And if you took if oh, you took any uh, of them, let us know. Give us yeah. a shout out. Let us let know, us know how the course may have helped you. Let be happy know. to hear about it. Yeah, add us on LinkedIn. We'll be there and make sure you subscribe to the podcast to learn more and hear our next couple of episodes. Until next time, stay healthy, stay informed, and keep unlocking potential opportunities in public health. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.